Hey, Chad, what? <coughs> Chad, what are you doing, man? All right, sue me. <coughs> I was smoking pot. Chad, how could you? Look, Bradford, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, so throwing your life away isn't that big of a deal? Look in the mirror, man. You're a deadbeat criminal now. Come on, man. I'm still your friend. I used to think so, but now all that's left, it's just a pot-smoking monster. Okay. I'm back. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm with my friend Slender again. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm here. Yeah. So how's your life? How's life? Oh, we're getting right into it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, my life is uh, pretty killer. Yeah, there's really? Some, yeah, there's some pretty killer stuff. Like what? Uh, it, it well, me. you know, I'm not like burning it all down for one so that's just kind of killer the killerness is in the normalness so actually it's kind of boring but i have some exciting things going on i have uh i'm doing music stuff that's fun band practice you that, and your guitarist friend well just that right now because we're writing and that's how we usually do that you start with guitars first and then you add drums after me and him will usually like write the song and then and then either the way we did it in the past is we'll like write the drums on some program and then our drummer will play it but i don't think we're trying to do it that way this time and you do vocals too um that i did before and i, I guess i probably will again for this band but I've I've kind of wanted to stray away from that. Either play guitar or do vocals. One or the other. Yeah, it's hard to focus on both both things at once. Like they both suffer if I do both. I can't play guitar and do vocals at the same time. I it's can, it's hard. I can do it if it's like s simple, but I I have trouble writing simple stuff sometimes. Oh, um, so. so you may not know this, but I. Used to be in a death metal band. Oh, I knew that, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, you told me. That's like one of the first things you told me. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. It was called Homicidal Deviation. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. very, you know, metal-esque name. What, what, hum, what, explain it, though? I don't, see, I was fresh out of high school, so I don't even know why we put those two things together. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just is phonetic. Like, why would you want to deviate away from homicide? As a metalhead. Yeah, yeah, you want to you want to go towards the homicide if you're in a metal band. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think there's it that sounded much, good though. There's not that the, much thought put into it. The, you just well, I mean, I was a simpleton back then. I was well, just like, it had a good ring to it. Exactly. But I did, I wrote guitar riffs, but I didn't perform guitar. I just did vocals because I loved. Yeah. I just got into. I just learned how to pig squeal. And uh, we would do these shows with these crusty punk bands uh, that were local. And so we'd get on and, and we'd do openings and stuff. And <laughs> we played with, uh, we played with, uh, God, there were so many local bands. There was the Coked Out Crack Whores. 
Nice. CLCW. There very, was the, very punk rock. There was the Drunk Punks. There was the Dead Alive. They did a lot of shows. And uh, there was a good local scene back in the day. Now it's just, psh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ever since Numbskull. We're trying, we're trying to do something about that. Trying what, to, to we're get trying to, shows going? Well, yeah, well, we're trying to just bolster up the, the local music scene again, because it was pretty cool back in the day. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was, some, there was some sick stuff. So one time, we're doing a show, and I'm very drunk off of spiced rum, <laughs> and I'm on stage, and I'm doing my vocals, and I'm drunk, so I'm running around like an idiot, and uh, this dude on the floor keeps trying to punch me in the balls. Checks I had out. two balls at the time. This was <laughs> during my two ball era. And he and I'm trying to dodge and bob and weave because I don't want to get punched in the balls. What would you do to this guy? He was just drunk and he just, you know, you, there's always a guy at a show who's drunk oh, and looking yeah. for a fight. And I was the lead singer, so I had a backup vocalist, but he was doing, uh, you know, rhythm guitar or whatever. So... He finally lands a good one on my ball. One, one of, just one of the balls. I think he only clipped like one my left ball. Hence nut cancer. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> the main reason why. I got it. But then it hurt. Like I felt it in my stomach. Uh-huh. And I had to stop doing vocals. And I'm really drunk. And so I already felt like I drank too much. Like I was a little nauseous. But the, the ball punch, it made it worse. And so... Like, five seconds after he does that, I, I'm like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely throwing up. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'm not going to just lean to the side and puke on my bandmates. Uh, there's a, this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, he's trying to punch me in the balls. It's like, that's what he gets. You, yeah, that's exactly what he gets. So I just, <laughs> it was so much Captain Morgan's in oh, my belly. no. And I was just like. Right during, like, a breakdown, it was just like, you know, when you're supposed to, like, let out some guttural scream, I'm just like, <laughs> That's brutal, dude. And I just barf on him. <laughs> it was very sick. liquidy. I didn't think I ate anything, so it was just all dude, stomach dude, bile dude. and rum. The liquor pukes are the nastiest ones, dude. Ugh. I think I burped, like, while I was throwing up. Ugh. And it just sprays on. I tried to, like, funnel my mouth, my lips, so it would just get on him. But there was some, like, residual that sprayed on other people. So they, like, people clear away from him. And I just get his face and his shirt. And people thought it was awesome. Yeah. Well, it I mean, was awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, some people were like, what the fuck? You got puke on me. But then um, they were like, yeah, that guy got puked on. Mm -hmm. This is this band's cool, and then like the the band, my band's still playing, and they're just like, oh, cool, yeah, just got threw up. You just kind of got the perfect that moment, and then this like crazy fight breaks out. Like, I guess because they knew I don't know what, but I mean, people are mad, probably partly mad at me for puking and getting some puke on them, and mad at this guy for causing me to puke. So there's just this crazy fight, and there's puke. Smell in the air, and I, uh, mm. it, it got bad. Uh, yeah, it was just, and it was at this venue called Trinity Hall, and uh, a few, like, day weeks later, there was this band that played, 
and this fucking Nazi skinhead like punched all the windows out, oh. all drunk. Checks out. And then they didn't have shows there anymore, sad, yeah. sadly enough. But like, uh, back up in the five cities, like when I first moved there, I was this little skater punk, and there was this like, there was just this crazy underground like Nazi skinhead group that would go to shows. And I was like this stupid like skater punk activist. I was part of uh, this like activist punk rock group called the ARA. They're called the Anti-Racist Action. And so I had all these ARA stickers on. And so they knew I wasn't down for their cause. So they w- <laughs> we'd always get in fights. And so we'd go to shows and get drunk and fight skinheads. And then um, I was at Pismo. Dude, doing the Lord's work, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, and then and there was a skinhead who even owned a coffee shop on, like, the main street on Grand. He had a coffee what? shop. Yeah, he had oh, a skinhead who owned his own coffee shop. Well, you don't see that every day. No, I mean, this was like, oh, God, when did I graduate high school? So this was, like, late 90s, like, 98, 99. I graduated in, like, 01 and 02-ish. God, my memory's shot. But, yeah, and so there was just skinheads that would go to shows, and we'd fight them. I usually get my ass kicked, and I'm in Pismo skating around, and there's a skinhead there who recognized me from the shows and knew that I would get in fights with them, and I was, I mean, they were huge. So he, yeah, I'm hanging out. Nazis. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hanging out with my friends smoking, like, clove cigarettes because I thought it was so cool. Oh, my God. And he comes up from behind me, and he puts, he, he like, tries to choke me out, and he, like, lifts me off the ground. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh! I'm just choking. And then he lets go and I drop. I fall like a rag doll to the floor. And he gets on top of me and he's choking me. Now he's facing me and choking me. Because I turned around like, what the fuck is going on? And I just, I, I'm starting to like, my vision's like going to white. I know I'm going to pass out if he keeps choking me. So I just do, the only thing I know to do, I like reach my hands out and I like try to jam my thumbs into his eye sockets. And I... Yeah. Because I'm just like, I'm just reaching and I feel his head. And so I try to jam my thumbs into his eye holes. And he finally loosens his grip enough because I think I poked him in the eyes enough. <laughs> and he, he loosened his grip and I grabbed my skateboard and I ran out of there. But then, I guess after a while we ran, like, there we got like all, we got like a little militia going and we would just, we were powerful in numbers because there was more of us than them even though we were smaller. They're all roided out and on meth, but we ended up running them out of town, and they all went to a Tascadero and hid out. Or maybe they were laying low because the cops were onto them. I don't know. But the Nazis <laughs> left the the five cities area. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully they hopefully they stay out. Probably not. Yeah. Because they just you know Who knows? They, just, they just won't go away, man. <laughs> Who Nazis? They persist. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know, like... Or whatever you want to call them, white supremacists now. Alt-right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on in the political spectrum anymore. I just think everything's a conspiracy, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the media is just trying to fool you and distract you from the real shit going on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this whole coronavirus thing came out, and I've been, like, I've been just, like, making sure that we haven't, like, invaded any countries in the meantime. That, that's what I do. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever the news is reporting yeah. is trying to distract me from the real shit going on. Uh-huh. You know, like, so, 
don't know. So your your band was called Homicidal Deviation. Yeah. Dying that, Dying Fetus has a song called Homicidal Retribution. See, that's what that's we should have called yeah. it. Way better. Yeah. Retribution <sighs> through homicide. Well, you know that's what's as fuck. You know what's fucked up is uh, the fucking. I was just mainly into just crusty punk, like just just choking victim, just gross punk rock. And then crack. I didn't like leftover crack as much. Choking victim was the shit. And then when they formed leftover crack, I was like, eh, that's okay. But then uh, I was in this music store, and there's like it's called Amoeba Records, not Amoeba. No, it's called Cheap Thrills. Okay. And there's this big wall of CDs, and you could like hit the button and listen to whatever. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. And so I mean, I feel like such a poser now, but. Back then, I saw this one album, and I'm like, what the fuck? What's up with that album cover? And it was Slipknot's first album, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's edgy. So edgy. Now they're just, I don't, they're so fucking yeah. generic, and I mean, fucking trigger warning, but not really into their music anymore. But the first album, I was like, oh, that's pretty heavy. And then they opened, they paved the way for me to get into, like, Napalm Death, Dying Fetus, Cannibal Corpse, and then from there it just splintered out into like all these just gore grind bands, yeah. Cattle Decapitation. Love those guys. They oh. came and played a show at, oh, at, yeah. at the local guitar store here. They played a show. Cattle Decapitation played a show at a pizzeria in San yeah, Louis. They do that shit sometimes. And it was like, and they're like vegans. Yeah. So, well, the one guy is, yeah. So they're no, like, people are like, yeah, they're vegan death metal. And so. I was drunk, but I was con- me and my friend Donnie were convinced like everyone in the pit were like vegans and I could smell vegan farts and I was, maybe I was just stuck in my head, I don't know. But there was a pit at the pizzeria. I was like, how do they have a death metal show at Woodstock Pizza? Like, I don't Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, they do. Dude, the guitar shop here was small and like there's hell of people showed up. I wasn't even into them at the time. I didn't know about it yet. Cuz this was this was years and years ago, but uh they, they just do that, and they're, I don't know, vegan is, like, the one guy is is a vegan, but this is the funny thing about cattle decapitation. It's like, so, how do you how do you name your metal band, right? You're a vegan. Of course you're going to call it cattle yeah, decapitation. Yeah, you think about the most offensive thing that you can think of, and you name your metal band that. All their album and covers. And so this guy is, like, an environmentalist and an animal rights activist kind of guy. Yeah. And so the brutalest thing he can think of is cattle decapitation. And, well, all their song lyrics and their album art yeah. is around how, like, you know, um, factory farming and how meat is murder and what if we decapitated humans the way we decapitate. Yeah, they're, one of their albums called The Harvest Floor. And they, yeah, most of it, most of it is, like, it's about that, but it's how it's more about like how how fucked up humans are. Oh, we're that's horrible. Like, that's like what his main get down is. He's like, man, these humans are such pieces of shit. Yeah, we're all pieces of shit. And I mean, I mean, I don't know if you looked around, but capitalism in 2020 has evolved into this fucking giant fucking machine slash beast where corporations basically commit like crimes and the penalties they have to pay underway the profit margin they make. So it's like just the cost of doing business. It's like, well, if we got to fucking uh-huh. crack some eggs and make an omelet, we still come out on top. 
So I mean, the point of a corporation too is to is to make an an entity that's like responsible for itself. So if the corporation does something bad, the corporation, like the business as its own entity, is the one that gets sued. But the people who run the corporation are safe from like legal ramifications. That's like that's like that's like te- that's like the point of it. Yeah, that's so they, so that's kind of fucked though because it's I super mean, fucked. I mean, look at Purdue Pharma. They knew how addictive their fucking pain pills were, yet they were doing some crazy shady shit. Like, they would literally like, I don't know if it was Purdue, but I know like a lot of these fucking pain pill manufacturers were hiring, um, like defense attorneys from like, God, I should have researched this, but from the, like the DEA or some shit and hiring them to be attorneys for them because yeah. so, they knew all the inside like workarounds to like just flood pharmacies with these pain pills, like That's unlimited exactly. amounts. And it's like they knew damn well what they were doing, of and then they did. of course they they paid like a fraction of uh, in in fines compared to what the profits they made. They made billions upon billions uh-huh. of dollars. I don't know. Anyway, that's my fucking end rant for that. And, well, so, oh yeah, welcome everybody. Uh <laughs> what? Yeah, it's Unk and Slender. I want. Let's get into some war stories, but want to have a little debate with you little debate. Okay. I'm game. So, this is a topic that's been on my mind for a while because I have a lot of different guests on this show and who have, like, conflicting, I don't know, ideologies between them. You know, some people I have on are in, you know, air quotes, recovery. Some of them maybe an active addiction or some maybe just use drugs and don't fucking or normies or they're normies but this is this is like oh and also i was like scrolling through my feed and there was some fucking facebook group uh where people like i don't i'm not gonna say the name of it but it's like people who post like sober selfies and shit like and they're like, oh, everybody, show me your sober selfies. And I'm just like, oh, my God. But I saw this post from this one guy, and and he was just, like, so self-righteous. Like, man, we need to, like, come to an agreement that you know, marijuana is a drug, and you're not in recovery if you smoke weed, and it's harmful to tell people that, and this and that. So my question to you, because for me, this is what the – I don't want, like – I guess I sh- I don't really like project my opinion on guests. I just let them have an open platform to say whatever they want. But I have people on here who smoke weed. I have people here who don't smoke weed or who think, you know, marijuana maintenance is bad or whatever. This is my argument. I don't really and for anyone listening because this is the thing. I was in active addiction when I started this show. And then I relapsed all over and over again until the point where I I basically was I had to go to rehab. Like yeah. you know, I was you know kind of pushed into it judicially and from loved ones and I and now it's a podcast where I'm in rehab, right? Yeah. But I have guests on who may have had addiction problems but may not. 
or some who think recovery is just bullshit and it doesn't work. Um, and some people who are, who praise it. Right. So the, this is, I guess one of my topics is the stigma that people in whatever fellowships have against those who smoke weed and, um, any other, and then the other topic would be like negative aspects of AA. If you, that makes sense. In general? In general. Because, okay. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say every single thing about a recovery program is all good. <laughs> There's always flaws. We're human. And we, you know, we're a, it, like AA or NA is basically a group of people who are uh, have flaws. You know what I'm saying? So... For, this is this is the main uh, opinion I abide by, and I just I guess I wanted to make this clear for anyone listening, is that I honestly don't judge or give two shits about what anyone out there is choosing to do to their own life or their own body as long as they're not hurting other people. Mm-hmm. If you want to smoke weed, fucking have at it. If it's... you if you fucking drink a couple beers. And that's exactly it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's the way it should be is that, is that it's whatever works, works. And, and nobody should really say anything about that. And then if, if in the, in the fellowships, they talk about that too. They're like, Hey, if I could do that, I would, you know, if I could just drink a couple beers or if I could just smoke bowls and that's it, then I would. Uh, and then they say, but I can't because when I smoke weed, I just want to do heroin. <laughs> yeah. I, I could relate to that. But what's contradictory to that is uh, if you do, if you are that person and you do, like you are able to manage a, a marijuana habit or a, or, you know, or you can, whatever it is, like there's, if you're not like exactly like them, then it's hard to be a part of the fellowship in a way where you can get the most benefit out of it. And they do have this whole like singleness of purpose deal, which like the benefit of that is that it's most helpful to the, to, to a certain part of the group, but it's also exclusive, you know, and it's, and it's the people who, who don't necessarily fit that mold aren't going to be as, as much of a part of it as they could. And if, unless they, unless they fit themselves into that mold. Yeah. So it's hard to say what's right or wrong, and you have to kind of just decide that personally, but I totally see how it kind of, like, leaves people out. But then, I mean, if you can maintain a a marijuana habit and and an alcohol habit, um, you know, maybe maybe you, you don't need to be there. And if you do, maybe there should be a fellowship for that. You know, like, uh, who knows, but... Well, this is the thing, is, like, I see sometimes in... I can't, I keep saying fellowship, I, but that's the best way to put it. In in AA or NA communities, people sometimes get very self-righteous or judgmental of those who do smoke weed. And, and gossipy, like, well, he's not really in recovery, he smokes weed, or he is on Suboxone, or he is on Methadone, or he takes Kratom, and so, um, 
I get how some people are like, you're not really doing the work if you are using a substance to dissociate. That's the thing. But See? it's but the, it's like at the same time, it's like, for me, this is my opinion personally. I honestly don't really like subscribe or pay attention to what other people do. If they, if they want to take Suboxone or if they want to take Methadone or if they want to take Kratom or weed or drink a little beers, the, go for it. Here's the risk, the, though. If you bring that into the fellowship and you're not a person who can do that and then people are coming in who can do that and they're talking about it. It's like what that guy was talking about kind of that commented. If you hear that enough, you're going to start to think that that can be you too. You know, and, and that's dangerous for you if you're a person who can't who can't do that. If you're a person who smokes weed and wants to do heroin. You know, like that's, that's, that's again, that's like the singleness of purpose thing. So that's the, the whole point of that is to create a space where we're all on the same page about all that shit. Yeah, you know, so, that's so, a good point. But, but it's it, in, the, in the, the, the exclusion of people who, who are kind of in the middle is kind of, it seems to just be like a byproduct. I mean, how do you, how do you get around that? That's, you know, a, good, some, that's a good Some point. people need that singleness of purpose and others don't, but then the others who don't, who, who don't need it, don't have their own arena to, to their own little cool club where they're figuring out how to manage their life. Yeah, and I think a lot of it for me is like, I've spent, I spent my entire life being 100% completely anti-conformist mm-hmm. of all structures, of all systems. And, point, and I'd always pick apart the bullshit and everything. So when I first got here, you know, it was a little overwhelming where it's like, well, you, these, this is what we do. You have to do it our way. And if you don't, you're not a part of this. Or, or it was just weird. So it was like, for me to have to shape and fit the mold and conform, that was against what I've spent my whole life rebelling against. So Yeah, but you've also spent your whole life just fucking it all up. <laughs> yeah. So that's the point. It's like they're like, are you desperate enough to try to try to exactly to do something you're not comfortable with? And then, you know, the smart thing to do is be like, okay, sure, I'll talk shit later if it doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then if it doesn't then then you don't even really want to be part of it anyway, you know? I mean, that's the thing is like you can get a lot of benefits out of working a program but I'm not like I don't like feel because I have friends that smoke weed mm-hmm. and they're perfectly fine so do I dude I have a bunch of normal people friends that, that yeah. smoke and drink casually and uh, I don't feel like I am willing to exclude them from my life I mean I yeah. it's weird because I'd say like as I've gone through this whole process I'd say the one thing I missed the most was weed. I was like a heavy weed activist. You know, I took Rick Simpson oil after I had gotten fucking ball cancer. So I have this thing where I've seen the good that weed does. And I know people who have been... Uh, dude, there's who, no denying it. Yeah. It's got, it, it, it's got really great health benefits. There's plenty of science that supports that. But you have to ask yourself if that's like your real reason for, for doing it. Like you mentioned it early, if you're like if you're using it to to escape or disassociate, then you gotta ask. You're yourself, distracting yourself from 
problems well, you that just you gotta, need to deal with. You just got to get real with that predicament, you know? And like, and, but then there's the cool thing now is CBD because like that, that offers all the health benefits without any of the psychoactive. So there's, there's not the risk of... You of just have to be very careful. Because with CBD, you have to see what uh, companies or vendors, like what well, the extraction process is. Is there THC in it? So it's just like... Like anything, though. For me, gotta, I'd say... Because I've talked to you about this before, like you say, if I were to, theoretically, if I were to smoke weed, my brain will tell me, oh, that's okay, but what you really want is heroin. That's so just what my brain For says. some people, and I've seen other people comment about it, like they thought I could just do the marijuana thing, and then they eventually get back on heroin. And for me, I do miss weed, but not at the expense of putting myself at risk to relapse on fucking Dude, shooting can... up. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I've like almost, I'm in between 10 and 11 months clean. I still think that's early clean time. My, myself personally, I think that's early. So it's yeah. like, I'm not at the position to say, oh, well, if I right. smoke weed, I can not do heroin. Or, or I could smoke weed and... That's good. Well, definitely or definitely not to. So it's like, for me, it's like, I have too much going on in my life to be like, oh, I'm going to smoke weed sometime down the road. You know, okay, who I, knows? I like, fully relate with that, man. And and uh, what I really miss is, is the times when it at least felt recreational and like it was just... Sorry about the technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. Back. So. Okay, so... Here's where I'm at with it is um, I'm not willing. I I sure I miss it. There's of course I miss it. I mean, drugs and alcohol are awesome. You know? <laughs> they are. I mean, let's be honest here. It feels really good. And, yeah. And I had a lot of good times, which ultimately led to bad times. Yeah, but yada yada. But to me, I'm not willing to risk it. You know, like, I have that thought, too. Like, maybe I could just do this, or maybe I could just do that. And I think, like, every every drug addict, alcoholic has that thought every now and then. But the thing that pops up, like, a little, like, defense mechanism is, like, why would you even want to fucking try that, you know? Why would yeah. you even want to do that? And and because and cause you know how it's worked in the past, and you know, and it's like, you don't want to... You, 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 the whole play the tape forward thing, and it's like, you're like, you're like yeah, but it, maybe it won't be that way, <laughs> you know, like, maybe this time I'll manage better, and I'll just smoke the weed, or, you know, you come up with all kinds of shit, but then what, what wins over is, like, things are good right now, like, why would you, why would you change the program on yourself? That's the way I see it, is so like... It's like, maybe down the line I'll feel that, comfortable doing that, but... I feel like... Once I put started putting a needle in my arm, my drug use opened a door that I might not ever be able to close where it's like, now I abuse potentially anything and everything. So it's like, if, the, if going back to weed, for me personally, r puts me at risk for going back to heroin, then right now I'm good on weed. Who knows? Maybe yeah, it's I, like let's jump off that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe there. Yeah. Maybe when I'm like older, and I have a bunch of clean time, and I'm like, I'm willing to make the social experiment where like I could buy weed in a store, and see like oh I can just smoke weed. But at the same time, it's like too early for me to tell. I'm just getting my life back on track. But I mean I. I 
see, if I'm around someone smoking weed or drinking, it doesn't trigger me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm just like, oh, that smells really good. Mm-hmm. And alcohol, I don't really give two fucks about. But, um... I miss that more than I miss weed. Really? Not me. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't give a fuck. Once I turned 21, I was like, this is legal. I want the. I want to continue breaking <laughs> laws. Like, smoking weed was almost like an act of, like, protest. Yeah. You know? Like, protesting the government, man. Like, in the <laughs> 70s. And then when I was shooting it's heroin... Man, man, man just made it illegal to make the money. When I, hemp was, <laughs> because hemp was too... Too available and too too versatile of a substance, man. So like this is this is for all the all the well. It was a protest from there. It was like a protest for the Vietnam War back in the seventies. Like it was. I mean, they they wanted to get high too. Don't let's not fool ourselves. But <laughs> I think when I put a needle in my arm, yeah, I think it was, it was a protest against. It was a protest in itself too. Like I. I'm such a nihilist, and I so don't give a fuck about the world around me or myself. I'm willing to inject a foreign substance in my body and dissociate to the fullest extent possible because that's how much I give such a little shit about anything and everything, including, you know, my own safety and regard for my Dude. life. That's, and, I mean, I that sounds kind of the exact metal. moment when I like decided to start doing that consciously when I like I was like I I, I knew it was I knew all of a sudden that it wasn't about just like having fun or like getting high it was about like I need to not feel some stuff you know like I need to and I remember the moment where I just crossed this line into like accepting that I was going to be a drug addict like I consciously did that and I was like, either this, this, I was at this situation where it's like, all right, man, either this shit in my life is going to fall into line, and if it doesn't, I'm going to go into full-blown addiction. Like, I'm going there. Yeah. You know, like, I'm giving up on not doing that, and I'm just going to, I don't, I, I, I'm going to be all out of fucks to give about it. And then as soon as I did that, it was, like, straight to the needle. There was no... There was no, like, hesitation about it whatsoever. I just, like, I had no issue with, with like, it, like, needles never grossed me out or nothing like that. And then as soon as I started, or I decided to be a drug addict, I was like, well, that's just the most efficient way. And it's, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, and I didn't, like, like, what did gross me out was, like, the taste of heroin or the taste of What, meth. smoking it? Yeah, and I was like, this way I don't have to interact with my with my drugs. I just like I just put them in my blood and I'm good. But I don't have to like, I don't have to smoke it. I don't have to wait for it to kick in, you know. Like I just, it was like a totally functional decision. You were strung out on pills when you made that transition too, right? Uh, I, I transitioned to smoking, like heroin. Yeah, from because oh. the pills ran out, but I didn't even know I was addicted. Like, I just, I still just went over to smoking heroin just because the pills were gone and I just wanted to stay high, but I didn't, I didn't know that I would get sick yet until, until my girlfriend was like, she like asked, she's like, are you smoking shit off of foil? And I was like, not trying to hide it from her. I wasn't like, I wasn't like proactively telling her about it. But, I was, but you weren't hiding asked, in a closet or a bathroom smoking foil. You were just doing I it right in front I also of her. wasn't intentionally doing it in front of her, you know, but I just thought I was like, oh, well, that's just like, you know. 
I'm I'm saving her from that. It's not because I I know it's bad. I'm just like that's her own preconception that most people have, but I secretly know that it's not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then she's like she's like don't do that shit. That's fucking stupid. And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I don't have to do that if it's a problem for you. I can stop." She's like, "Yeah." And uh, I was like, "Okay." And then I stopped. I was like, "Oh shit." I like, the next day I was like, "Oh my god, dude." I'm dope sick. Fuck, how'd this happen? <laughs> you ever got dope sick off of pills? I, they were always around, dude. They were like, I had it I had it every day for months, bro. And like the, my roommate had a script and and uh and and just we were buying them or he'd give it to us half the time and for me it was like when oxys were around, there was such a demand for like any kind of oxy or um, was it Percocet or these were oxycodone like Roxy's. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god. See, for me, they they like when you're just taking those kind of pain pills, you have to be on a hunt and you need to like know how to work your dealers so they sell them to you and not someone else because there's a limited supply and yeah. everyone wants them. And that wasn't when, like that for me. Oh, for me and. Well, at first it was like that for me, and then the prices would go up, and I was like, whatever, I got money. So, like, <laughs> there'd be big gaps where I'd be on pills, and then there's no pills. So I'm like, well, fuck, there's no pills. So I didn't get too dope sick. I got a little dope sick, but it was manageable. But then when I had a plug who always had oxys all the time, and, like, I'm making a lot of money, I'm like, oh, cool. Because anytime I found oxys, I'd jump on it and get them. And then I'd be like, oh, this is so much fun. I feel so good. Ooh. But then when I always had them, the times I didn't have them, I'm like, oh, I'm really sick. Like, really sick. And I and the thing for me that prevented me from transitioning to the needle as fast is I had a huge fear of needles. Like, I didn't like getting blood drawn or having needles put in me. And I, I had no idea how to shoot up. So... When I started, like, I, there'd be little spurs where people would shoot me up and they'd give me really low uh, shots, like, because they knew I, did, I wasn't, like, yeah. shooting up. So I was like, this isn't that cool. But then when I learned the whole ritual of, you know, sizing out how much dope to do and cooking it. Warning. Yeah. Oh, cooking <laughs> it. And, and, and then once I knew how to register a vein. Ugh. And once I did that and I felt that rush and I did it all by myself, I felt so accomplished. I was like, oh, wow. The flare. I was like, no, this is, I'm never going back fucking pills. Like, this is, this is my life now. And I didn't even have two thoughts of like, of the repercussions of that decision. I was just like, oh yeah, dude, I didn't give a fuck. No, I was like, I never thought like, oh man, I'm crossing this fucking line in the sand and I'm never going to go back. I was just like, oh. This is this is what I do. Now. I like I like intentionally crossed the line. I was like, I, knew, I didn't even know there was a line. I, I knew was just, exactly what I was doing, dude. I was like, I'm, I'm that's where I want to be. Cause, yeah, because this is too hard to like deal with all these feelings and shit. Yeah, I think there was an issue where I was like, not even acknowledging the trauma or the the stress or the perception issues I had. I was just like so used to numbing out on pills that I and once I feel re- realized I could do that with a needle, I was like, dude, this is a no-brainer. This is what I do. I fucking run away from issues, and this is the way I do it. <laughs> run away from issues towards issues. <laughs> well, that's like, the thing like is issues. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> injection issues. Yeah. I run away from my personal issues towards in intravenous issues. You're just yeah. switching out your personal Damn, issues. Damn, that was <laughs> deep, bro. Yeah. I'm woke now. And it was just like, at the time, I didn't even realize that I was avoiding problems, and that they were still there. But I was avoiding them, and they were just building and surmounting on themselves until there were so many problems that I always had to just chase, feed them, you know, monkey that on my back. That was like me before heroin. That was like that. I was in complete denial about my my me just sucking at life, dude, altogether. And I, did, I had no idea that I was using drugs and alcohol to 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 deal with that. And I feel like you hear that all the time in the in the you know, in the recovery community, but it's like, it was super true for me. Like, and when we, the stuff we do here makes you kind of realize it when we, because I I never really ever looked back on my life through that lens. Neither did I. You know, like it just was always a circumstantial issue, you know, like it was, it was all these other elements that were out of my control and, uh, but it, it, in the end it made a lot of sense. Oh no, I never. Once I was on heroin though, I, I knew exactly what I was doing. I guess I, I, yeah, like, I don't know, like, for me, it was like, I, I'll never forget it, but there's this one moment, because I, I, once I found, like, once I'm on the phone, and, and the fucking oxy plug is like, yeah, I'll roll on by and get some oxys, I'd be, like, racing to the ATM, and I, I remember there's this one point where I'm at the ATM, and I'm, like, furiously, like, typing in my PIN to get like 60, all, 80 all, bucks. All four digits. Yeah, all four. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and the, each, each one is just as important as the last. <laughs> and I'm at this, and I'm waiting for the money to come out, and like my conscious voice came in, and it was like so, like, t- like minuscule and tiny, but at, for like, because you know that, uh, that urge to get money to go get fucking drugs to get high. Mm-hmm. It was so much louder, but there was this tiny voice that popped in my head and I was like, you know, Unc, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go and go run around and do this. You're like, no, yes, I do. Yeah, and, but then that <laughs> other voice, that addiction voice was so much louder. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course, get out, of here. This is, get out of here. This is what I'm doing. This is what I do. I get high. That's what I do. And so now... It's kind of like the tables have turned where my addiction voice is a, a lot quieter now and my conscious voice is much louder where it's like, this is the, how you live. And I always avoid looking at myself in the mirror physically, spiritually, emotionally, all that shit. And so when Dude. I came here, I was just forced to address me as a person and who I was and all these stupid like issues with myself that caused me to be this fucking hopeless drug addict that was just like well, just pitiful here, check this out i was i was talking to to big d about this the other day and i was i was like yeah it sucked like being a heroin addict you know and having to do the hustle and all of that but uh but I don't think I would have made it without drugs at a certain point. I was so emotionally fucked up that I'm pretty sure heroin like got me through that time because because uh, at a certain point like enough time had gone by and I was far enough away from those the 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 circumstances that had caused the the those feelings to where I was kind of over it. 
And, uh, and I like, I totally, it was totally possible. I've never been a suicide kind of guy, but that's totally possible, dude. And if I, if I didn't have that numbing thing in the, at the, at the time and, uh, and, and D agrees with me, he's like, dude, I, I totally feel the same way. And I, I specifically remember my mom, like one time asking me, she's, she's like, she's like trying to get me sober always, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she's like suggesting, I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to get sober, mom. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not, I, I know that heroin is, is plugging this, holding up this dam right now <laughs> and I am not about to release it, you know, and like deal with all the fucking, the, the, the flood that will come with that. I, I know I won't survive that. I can't handle that. But there's like it just kind of dissipated over time, not fully, like the core issues are there, but like it wasn't so charged that I, that I couldn't handle it. And I remember getting out of jail one time, like years after that, and, uh, and I had kicked in there, and, and I could of course go straight to using again, and, uh, and I remember just getting released from jail and like the catharsis of like getting your own clothes back and like walking out of the building. That's such a good feeling. Smoking like 18 cigarettes. <laughs> like fucking, oh my God, dude. I was just, and I like, I had to walk hella far to like go be wherever I, anywhere I was going to go. But I was like happy to do it, dude. I was just like freedom, you know, and I was, cause I was going stir crazy in there. And I went straight back to the people that I was hanging out with before that were all using. And I remember consciously making the decision, just like I crossed into that realm. But I was just like, you know what, dude? I don't think I want to ruin this right now. You Not know, right like, now. Well, I, 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 I went back and I was hanging out with them and there's heroin right there. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm fucking good. Sure, I'll do some meth. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, man, like, that made sense to my brain. But you know what? It was a step in the right direction. <laughs> it was the first time that, like, you're talking about that the desire to, like, to not be a heroin addict at least, like, leveled with the desire to be one. And it, it actually beat it in that moment where I was like, yeah, sure, like, getting, you know, of course I want to get high, but then I also kind of don't want to get high more. You know, and and uh, and my the whole logic on the meth thing was like, oh well, it's, that's I'm not gonna kick that shit, you know, and like, no, you know, I I could I could, I'll just try that out, and I did that for like, only a couple weeks before I relapsed again, but it still, it was the first time that had ever happened, and I think right then I realized that it was like possible because it wasn't very long after that. I think I went to jail one more time and then I came here. Uh, that I relate so much to that because it reminded me of the time I got released from L.A. County Jail. It was the towers. Uh, the towers, the yeah. Towers. And I didn't even realize I was getting released that day. I had gotten uh, an early kick because the jail, cool. the jail was so full. I thought I had another few weeks left. I'd done like a few months already, and I was just used to the routine of being like a trustee. And I was working on fifth floor cleanup, and we went. We would go to the other tower. My first trustee job was serving like dinner to one of the other floors on our tower and I hated it because like you have to like they have these big totes of food and you're just in front of each pod scooping food and putting it on a tray and handing it to people and if you run out of a, that your tote of food 
Then you're fucked, and then you have a line of angry inmates that are like, what the fuck, where's my meal, motherfucker? And so then there'd be people who try to double up, like, give me more food. And, uh, yeah, and some of them, if you, if you don't, they're going to, it's called gassing. They'll piss in a little fucking, little, uh, was it, a milk carton thing, and they'll fucking throw piss oh. on you. So I was like, I'm not about to, so I changed, I somehow got to change my trustee job to fifth floor cleanup, which wasn't much better. But you're in the other. You're not getting gassed. You're not getting gassed, <laughs> but you're cleaning out cells. Uh, you're cleaning cells for people who are going to court, who are released, or this or that. And my, because uh, each, you know, you have a rep that for like the woods or whatever. Yeah. And then there's a right and left hand man. And my rep's right hand man was this juggalo, Chris. And he was like, Yeah, you want to do fifth floor cleanup with me? You get better meals, better food, which are like IDRs. And you get to fucking rummage through these cells and get steel pills. I was like, fuck yeah, a bunch of pills. So we'd go and we'd clean out cells and we'd find all these different like medications like fucking Vyvanse and we found Percocet, Jailhouse Xanax, Depakote, Somas, <laughs> Booze Bars, all, you know, all that shit. So, but the, here's the downside is this pod that we would, and on these floors we'd clean, it was like the more maximum security parts of the jail and I've never seen or cleaned up more blood and human shit in my entire life so I would see people I'd look in the cells and I'd see people eating their own shit I'd see people just draw all over their wall with shit nice. and uh, and people flood their cells I saw this <laughs> I was like sweeping by the, the hallway and I'm going by all the like the fucking cell doors and this guy's like hey Trustee, come over here. And I was like, what's up, man? I, I might have been high on meth, too, because I did a lot of drugs in that jail. And he's like, hey. He's like, I want you to tell the CO that I just hit a razor blade in my ass. And if he doesn't come over here and give me what I need, I'm going to poop it out and cut my wrists. And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, man. All right, man. <laughs> and so I go to the CO. I'm like, hey, this guy says he's got a razor blade in his ass. I don't know. He wanted me to tell you. And so just weird shit like that happened. And, <laughs> and one day, I, I and then like, one day this well, dude... Wait, what did the CO do? He's like, oh yeah, he, he says like, that every day. He, yeah, he's just <laughs> throwing up his arms, he's like, ugh. And so there are like two or three seals are outside this dude's like door. He's like, all right, give us the razor blade in your ass, bro. And he's like, no, fuck that, man. You could give me this <laughs> and that. I don't know. People hide a lot of shit in their ass, but this is the first time someone was like, you tell the CO I got a razor blade in my ass. And I'm not afraid to use it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, it's just an average day where we're doing our trustee job. And I remember there was a, there's a cell we're trying to clean. And there's, sh like, shit on the walls. Like, human shit. And I, I just step outside. I'm, I'm, let, I'm letting the new trustees clean this up. I'm not, <laughs> I've cleaned up so much shit. Like, I would, one time, fuck, dude. This dude, because they let these people out of their cells, like, twice maybe for like a half hour at a time to shower like two times a week and maybe use the phone. And when they're using the phone, they're cuffed to a table. And we look in the shower. I saw the biggest heroin shit of my life. It looked oh, like the size no. of my arm. And I was like, and we had to like pick it up with two hands with a towel over it. I was like, that's a lot of human shit. He but, probably feels so much better. Oh, dude, he tore his asshole with... That was the one of the biggest turds I've seen in my life. It was like bigger than a baby's arm. Like it was like my fucking forearm. Like boom. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that came out of a human. 
<laughs> but no, we're I'm we're I walk out of the cell, and some other kid we were was on our work crew or whatever for that job. He, he was like, "I'll clean it up," and he was all gung ho to clean up this fucking pucano blast on the wall. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, go at it." And so. Why was he so excited? I don't know. He was just, I don't know. He was just what a weirdo. He had a lot of willingness to clean up human shit. And I was like trading sack lunches to one of these other inmates for Depakotes and Somas. So I was all pilled out like, yeah, go for it, bro. And we get back. Actually, one of like the one of the CEOs was like our trustee boss. And he was like, how much time you got left, uh, Unc? And I was like... I don't know, like a few weeks or something. He's like, what's your release date? And so I didn't know what he meant by that, but I get back to my pod and I look through like the big glass and I see my fucking bunky Cadillac Ron. It was this old white guy. who was a tweaker. He was fucking super chill and he's all dancing and shit. I'm like, why is he dancing? And I walk in and, and he did made this like roll it up like hand gesture. And I was like, roll it up. What the fuck? And I get in there and I'm like, yeah, they called your name. You're getting released tonight. Oh. And I was like, what? You're you're lying. I'm not getting released tonight. Don't and he, fuck with me now, Cadillac Ron. You better not fuck with me, Cadillac Ron. Yeah, me. Cadillac Ron. And so I was like, what? Really? Are you for real? And everyone's like, yeah, they called your name on the intercom. You're you're getting released tonight. Like right now. Not even right now. They release you at like twelve. They call yeah. you out at like twelve at night, and then you got to go through the process to yeah, get out so they do that here too so i was like whoa i was like so so surreal i call my parents and they're visiting my sister in new york and they're like so i have no i'm i'm my house is like 160 miles north and i'm in la and i'm like telling my parents like yeah they i'm you know they have money on the phones like they're releasing me tonight and they're like okay um call your sister well we'll call your sister and let her know and when you get out She'll, she'll pick you up sometime in the morning. So I have all this commissary and, uh, I have a lot of debts I have to pay off cause I'm buying drugs off all the, I'm buying drugs off the South siders off all these different people. Yeah. So I divvy out all my commissary and I'm like, I go up to each person I owe money to for drugs and I'm like, look, I'm getting released tonight. Uh, I have this much commissary to give you for it. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Because I, I wanted to pay off my debts. Yeah, I, everyone knew I was good for it. People would front me drugs all the time in there because I knew they knew I'd pay off my debts, and I always had commissary. So I pay off my debts to all these people for whatever drugs I was buying. And then the rest of the commissary I gave to the woods. I'm like, you can have all this. You can have my basketball shorts. You can have my fresh iron because... Dude, I, I had the hookup with the people in the laundry room, fresh ironed fucking inmate clothes. They give you Vans, slip-on shoes yeah, in there. Yeah. So I gave away my new shoes. I gave away all my shit. My, and uh, I'm like laying there on my bunk. And finally at like 12, 1230 at night, they're like, Unk, roll it up. And so I got all my shit. I said bye to my rep and everyone. I was like, all right, guys, see you later. And I'll hit you up on the outs. Ne I'll never talk to them yeah, again. Yeah, no, you never do. And then I'm I'm waiting to get um, processed out, and I'm in this holding tank, and uh, it and with all these other people about to get released who are so excited, and it's taking a long time. It's taking like two hours to get out, and finally I put on my the clothes. I because I was dope sick when I went in, so I'm wearing. I put on the clothes I was wearing when I was dope sick when I went in, yeah. and I've been in there for a few, you know a few months. I'm not strung out I'm, i mean i'm doing like meth and here and there and smoking weed and but i'm not i like not gonna be dope sick when i get out you know so 
I get out and I, I cash out my the money on my books and I uh, got my phone and everything and it's two in the morning and I'm in downtown LA and I'm walking away from the towers and like for the first time in months I'm seeing the outside of the towers and I'm free man that's like such mm -hmm. a surreal feeling walking but it's pitch black at night and I'm like what the fuck am I going to do like my sister's not coming to pick me up until like eight in the morning you know she's asleep she's I would have just like started walking dude anywhere I went to Union Station I bought a giant Red Bull, a pack of cigarettes, <gasps> and I bought some headphones and a phone charger. Oh, dude, and you're, like, listening to music for yeah. the first time ever. I'm oh, walking around, I'm drinking a Red Bull, I'm smoking cigarettes, oh. I'm listening to music on my phone. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm free. I know, dude, that's, like, I, I've never, like, had that feeling before anywhere else. It's It really shows that, like... You gotta, you gotta really know like how bad shit can get to really appreciate how. how oh, good yeah, just the be, little stuff is. Just you know? to be walking around downtown LA with nowhere to go. I know it's, it's the best feeling compared to jail. And so I go to a Starbucks and I charge my phone. I'm just hanging out there drinking coffee, staying caffeinated because I'm like, dude, there's some hooligans out. It's two in the morning in rough parts of downtown LA. Watch the sunrise. I go over to Pershing Square. And uh, I'm texting people, posting on Facebook, I got out of jail, woo! <laughs> you know, everyone's like, yeah, I'm out of jail! And I'm taking pictures of graffiti, and I text my ex-girlfriend, uh, one of my ex-girlfriends, Carla, and I'm like, I, I got out of jail. And like 20, 30 minutes later, she's like, calls me. She's like, you're out of jail? She's like, I'm, gonna, I'm in L.A. She's, I thought she was in Chicago or Indiana, like, but she's in L.A. And I'm like, what the fuck, you're in L.A.? She's like, I'm coming to pick you up right now. No, nice. And I was like, oh, okay. So she rolls up in some Subaru, her friend's Subaru. It's got a fucking breathalyzer in it. <laughs> She's got to breathe in to start and breathe into it every, like, I don't know, five minutes. And so she picks me up and she's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And she's like making out with me and we go up into the Hollywood Hills and we're smoking cigarettes and making out. I and so we're talking and she's strung the fuck out. And she's having to keep, like, and her friend's calling her, like, you gotta get, we gotta get the car back, we need to fucking go score dope or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm waiting for my sister to pick me up, so I'm just cool driving around. And so they, they go, and uh, she drops off the car, and then we go to our friend Stoner Steve, and, uh, and no, actually, we pick up her friend who owned the car, and Stoner Steve, and they go score some, they go to get methadone and to score heroin. Nice. And so I'm sitting in the back seat, and I'm looking over at my ex, Carla, and she's like, just poking the shit out of her arms. Poking the shit out of her, trying to find a vein, and, I mean, trying to hit in a moving car when your veins are sunk in your arm, not an easy task. Not at all, dude. And I'm just looking at it, and they, and like, She's just having the... It's it just kind of gross to me watching her constantly poke yeah, and dude. poke and poke and blood's running down her arm. And at one point, they, like, offer me some heroin. And that was, like, the first time I ever was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm about to start, like, a court-ordered drug program of some sort as soon as I get out. I think it was Prop 36 because I was supposed to go into Prop 36... But they didn't know I had to turn myself in. So before I even turn myself in, I go and I'm like, yeah, I got to go do jail time in L.A. And they're like, all right, we'll just hit us up and hit up, 
your probation officer when you get out. And I like call my probation officer when I got out and they're like, I thought you were on the run. And I was like, no, I was in jail. I told you guys this. And they're like, all right, we'll just come in. So I think I had the fear of drug testing coming up, like lingering. So I think that was another reason why I didn't like do heroin. But I'm like, dude, my sister's going to pick me up. I might have to drug test. And it just looks gross right now watching them like be all fucking junky yeah, out. Just loving life anyway, dude. That's, yeah, I just I, got out of jail. I felt like that too, man. I was like, fuck, oh, dude, that's just like, that's just like, that's just such a, such a enslavement. <laughs> that's what it looks like yeah. to me right now. It's like, I'm free of it. Yeah, and I finally, like, I, I left all my friends, and I just hung out in Pershing Square, and then I got picked up by my sister, and I told her about all these crazy shit I experienced in jail with seeing people get boobopped, and the politics, and all the crazy shit, and then, uh, yeah, I went back up north, and then I did the Prop 36 thing, and I mean, I relapsed a bunch of, of times after time, but, like, that one moment, I at least had some sort of clarity where I was like... Yeah, I'm good on this life right now. Like, I literally just got out of jail. I mean, there were times I'd get out of jail and immediately go back, but that was, like, the one rare moment that happened. I don't know. That sucks, dude, when you, like, you get released from jail and you get arrested a fucking day later or something. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, think I was so? able to, like, lay low long enough. Dude, I was burned. But I mean, what's, I what's the burned, other side dude. of the coin is like getting super strung out and sick and, you know, but what happened with you? <sighs> well, I didn't like, when this happened, I wasn't in jail for very long because this was like, <clears throat> it just, I like, I, I didn't have like the, the gnarly, I don't, I don't think I had the warrant yet or any warrants yet. I don't remember exactly what the circumstance was, but I like went to jail the problem was this, dude, it's in this town, all the cops, especially the sheriff, knew exactly who I was. They knew my, <laughs> they knew my first and my well, last name. Well, in this county, name. yeah. That's... They knew my first and my last name, and they knew if they saw me to, to, to jam Stop. me up. Oh, yeah. Because they knew that I was going to have something, because I did every time. Yeah, you're, they know you're up to no good, and you're probably carrying... Yeah, at least paraphernalia. Yeah, that's what they always got me on. I, was, I, I always had paraphernalia, but they, uh, I like got out of jail like, same like like in the middle of the night or like maybe like early in the morning, and I like went and got well, and then like later that night, like they they stopped me on like the on like next to my friend's car. Uh, and and they found needles on me and they're like and I I dude I like like we had the whole conversation and they were like didn't you like just get out of jail I'm like <laughs> yes please don't take me back like please <laughs> and they did I know <laughs> you can just write me a ticket right now just please do that you know don't uh, don't take me back to jail like for the love of God <laughs> and they did oh yeah did, did you have warrants no I just oh. not at the time. But they, like, the sheriff, like, they were, they were the ones who were the, the dicks about it. Like, they they thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And as soon as they learned that that's what I didn't want to happen, that's how they knew to, to do that, you know? That's because they were like, they're like, oh, you don't want to go to jail? Well, guess what? We're going to take you. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, that's their free base right Look, there. Man, they're like they're they're it's they're such a gang. It's just like that. Oh it's yeah, like, they're, they're the like most the, ruthless gang yeah, in the America. Biggest gang, and it's us versus them. That's the way they look at it. Oh yeah, we're yeah. a fucking subhuman species in their eyes. I've had them straight up like, I I would. There's a couple times where I was just like, what is your fucking problem, man? Like, what did it's I a power ever high. do to you? They're power trip. You know, and, and they're like, well, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, but but why are you being an asshole at the same time? Don't give me this whole it's the law thing. Like, it's not a, it's not the law f- for you to be a dick to me right now. Like, I'm not giving you any attitude. You know, like, and I hadn't been. I honestly wasn't like, fuck you or none of that. And I was just like, I was just pleading with him. I was like, bro, this, this is not necessary for you to treat me this way. You know, like, I'm not arguing with the whole law thing, like, breaking the law is breaking the law, whatever, that's a whole other argument, but, but, and then, and then eventually I just get him to say, he's like, well, I just don't have any respect for junkies. Oh! Just straight up, just like that, I was like, there it is, right there. Because I was like, I was like, for all, before that, I was like, for all you know, dude, like, we could be friends, like, you don't know who I am, you know, you don't know, you don't know me. And you're treating me like, like, like you know me and, and like I'm a scumbag and I'm really not. You yeah. Know? And, 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 uh, and I don't, and I don't know you, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sending this attitude your way. Like, why are you doing this? And, uh, and then he said that and I was like, okay, well that's the end of that conversation right there. You know, what do you say to that? You don't have any respect for junkies? Okay. Well, I'm burnt then. That's the thing is, um, I think the cops aren't the only members of society that have no respect for junkies. Oh, I think there's a not. whole fucking giant population of people who oh, of look at us like we're the scum of the earth. Well, we kind of are. You know, like, we're, I, not, we're not really that well represented. You know, No, of course not. Especially with our track <laughs> record. But I own that shit now. Especially with this podcast. I'm like, oh no, yeah, I'm a fuck. I was... I was a total scumbag, dude. Take one look at me. I look like shit. And I do horrible things. Like, but I own it. I'm like, what? A, and now I'm like, wear it as a badge as an honor. Like, yeah, oh, cool. Fuck. You think I'm a scumbag? I'm, I'm proud of that scumbag status. Like, it's I mean, hard one experience. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> fuck off, you guys. Like, yeah. you think I'm a scumbag? Like, I think you're a fucking yuppie fucking. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't even care anymore because it's like, I take pride in my past experiences and going through the deepest depths and darkest parts of hell and fucking crawling out of that to where I am now. Yeah. You know, like how many of those people who judge they're me even, can they're not even aware of their own issues, dude. No, I mean they're, a lot of them are fucking beating their wife or cheating or doing some horrible shit and acting out in other ways anyway and yeah. fucking and and totally like not acknowledging their flaws, but it's like it's so easy for people to not acknowledge their issues but then to point at some other subgroup of people and be like oh yeah but those people (laughs) you know it's like whatever but you know what's a great feeling now is this hasn't happened to me yet but if i get in the future i get pulled over or questioned by the cops and i have a i'm not i don't have warrants my license my registration's all up to date and and i could just be like oh oh you want to fucking stop and question me cool Go at it. I don't have drugs on me. I'm not breaking any laws. And if they want to say, like, oh, you high? I'm like, no, I'm, I used to be, but I'm fucking not anymore. So you want to fucking jam me up? Go ahead. I keep waiting for these cops who, like, I mean, they probably wouldn't recognize me now because I'm not a fucking zombie. (laughs) Yeah. But, 
I keep waiting for like one of them to see me and be like, oh, they're slender. Like, like, let's let's get that fool and have him come over and just and just start like, or like, can we search search you and just being able to say, go ahead. Yes, you can. I I I will allow that. Yeah. And then they're gonna find nothing and be like, eat it. Motherfuckers, they got <laughs> shit on me now. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a good feeling. I've had, you know what though? It's like I, I say the the sheriff has never been cool with me once. The the the, the PD has been cool with me a couple times, and and there's and the the chippies have been, like they they're they've I've had the best experience with Highway Patrol. Yeah, with, oh yeah, with they're CHP, chill as yeah. fuck. And they're just most of the time they're just they have the attitude they're like what are you what are you doing man come on you can't be shooting up in the middle of this parking lot dude where everybody can see you just like, get out of here yeah like, go on get get, get kick rocks <laughs> but then I've, I've had the a couple members of the police department like level with me and they're like bro you're fucking up man like like we don't we don't like seeing you like this you know and uh and and we I've all, had a you know like yeah and it's like i i totally appreciated that too and i was like they're like why are you doing this and i was like i don't know any other way to function man like i i i this is all i know right now and and uh and they're just like they've been totally sympathetic to that you know and and uh and not been not not had that polar perspective of like it's you're you're over here and i'm over here and we're they look at you like you're an actual human being well they just you can tell they feel for you and that and that uh that they genuinely wish that 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 you were doing better you know and there's there's not like a whole lot of that but there's some and you know where i've met the most uh the most of that is the bailiffs in court the bailiffs in court like because they see you all the time you know coming in and out and they're just like they're just like, all right, man. Like you're gonna like you're gonna get it this time, you know. Like you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna get out of jail. You're gonna do your, here's your here's your one year plan, your five year plan. This one guy was like, this one guy is, was super cool. He's like, okay, he's like, you're gonna get out. You're gonna restart your band. You're gonna, <laughs> you know, and you're gonna like, you're gonna do all this shit. He was like totally supportive of me, and I, I actually still kind of want to go to the courthouse at some point and try to go find him. I want to go so visit my old dude. drug court uh, judge and, and say hi to her. Yeah. This, uh, the, But you know who always gave me the most shit in, like, judicial proceedings was the district attorney. Oh, my God. The district attorney's all about numbers, and they don't yep. look at you as a person. They look at you as a fucking file, and they're trying to get their quota up, and they're just like, nope, no, no hope for you. Maximum punishment. <sighs> yeah. The... I don't know. This is the way I see... This is the way I look at people now. I think people, for the most part, they base their opinions and their ideologies mostly on their life experience, right? So if you're a junkie and you went through some horrible traumatic shit, you look at the world in a different way than if you're a cop who just deals with junkies breaking laws and running away from you or spitting in your face, or if you're a fucking uh, district attorney and you just see just so many people walk in and out, walk in and out, and you get desensitized yeah, to the fact that there are even people. Fuck, yeah. yeah, so everyone's life experience kind of dictates the way their perception is of the world around them. So I try not to be as judgmental. I try, 
towards people who I have conflicting viewpoints towards. Yeah, there's you know? some understanding there. I mean, like there's 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 a difference between you can understand where somebody's at without condoning it, you know, like and still wish it was different. Yeah. But I get it too, you know. I mean, there's like probably a million reasons that they're like that. I've also met DAs that are just like well, the DA you know I went to here was super cool when I told him I was coming here. Well, that's that's what I was just gonna say. You know, the court the court really likes it if they if they actually believe that you're that you're trying to making do better. an effort. Yeah, they don't want to fuck with you if they they just think that you're just trying to skate out of like punishment. They're not gonna let you do that. You know. Oh no, they've seen but, a million bullshit artists. Uh, me being yeah. one of them back in the day. Okay, yeah. what we're we're just over an hour. We got to get into some war stories because we got limited time in this room okay shotgun story shotgun hit me story. with the shotgun story well this was like a reoccurring thing that would happen every now and then <laughs> it was kind of just par for the course at this guy's house let's call him uh let's call him big sconte <laughs> nice sconte yeah. warrior he was a white guy but but he is tweaker for sure so big sconte had a house he always had a house and i knew him bef- like like him and i probably both got into like heavy drug use at the same time just also kind of separately but but we we always knew him and uh we would always go over there to party and just partying turned into like heroin and meth and coke and like all the crack even that's like that's where i did crack was at his house and uh by the time i'm like a skeevy ass fucking picked out drug addict zombie and i got nowhere to stay I end up at Big Sconte's house, and and Big Sconte's just fucking gone off the deep end by this point, dude. Like he's, he's in a just, mean psychosis. He's he's he stays in a mean psychosis. <laughs> he like is. He surfs pretty, the wave I'm of psychosis. I'm pretty sure this guy is a paranoid schizophrenic because he's like hearing people in the walls and shit, and like, and is obsessed with the with the fucking bugs. Oh, you'd see bugs under his skin? Yes, dude. And nice. he had this whole theory, dude, he would tell me about how, like, he's like, yeah, when you go to get them, they jump. And, and they move and at the last minute? Yeah, they jump, and they, and they, and he would, like, he would do this crazy shit where he's like, he's like, look, I can see him right now on your head. <laughs> and he would, like, take a clamp, and, like, I had long hair at the time, and he's like, they go through your hair follicles, and and here's the way to get him. And he takes the clamp and, 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 and clamps the end of my hair. And he's like, just leave that there for a while. It's like a heavy clamp that's like hanging off of my head. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll do whatever you say, dude, because you're supplying me with drugs. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah? Oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that checks out. That you acting all interested sense. just so you could get fed more yeah, drugs? Yeah, just to like, just to like... Appease him. I'm pretty sure a part of him knows how nuts he sounds, and like, and he's just looking for for me to like think he's crazy or whatever. But uh, he like so he has this house, and he would do this thing where it's like people were in and out of there all the time, and he would like he would he had he was one of those people who would like oh he's always doing big things, and he did actually like have like this like he he had he'd represented himself in court and been one of the only people I know to actually successfully do that and like win his case yeah and he like he 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 was a weed grower back in the day and like the cops seized like 10 grand from him and he got it back he got his weed and his money back from the police station I know that's not easy task yeah I know and uh and, like, when he was a kid, he, like, didn't do well in high school, so he, like, created his own high school some, somehow. 
He created his own high school. Yes, dude, and it worked. What? Like I don't know. Yeah, he he just he was able to do some some crazy shit. But uh, so he but he would like bring you in and just be like, oh yeah, dude, like you can be a part of this whatever I got going on and like we'll come up together that kind of guy. Oh know? yeah, there's and a lot of really those though. He's just trying to like use you. You know, and he might not even know that that's what he's doing. It's you like know? subconscious but, manipulation. But, but that's what it is. He's not really actually trying to help you out. And so, but of course, I'm like, I'm just like, I, I have no direction in my life. And I like, I got no plans going on. I don't think I'm worth a fucking shit, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, yes, yes, take care of me, you know? <laughs> like, let's do this. I like, I'm in a, and I'll do whatever you want, you know, if you just like support my habit. And like make, make well, you know he's like we'll make money together this this and that and like the tasks he would have me do were like halfway impossible. The only thing I was ever able to successfully do was like like process an insurance claim for him, <laughs> and that worked. We got like we got like twenty one hundred dollars from nice. doing that. But then like a week after that happened, uh, he's on a sick one, been up for days, and uh, and he's like. He would always lose shit and then and then freak the fuck out and think like think that everyone's out Stole to get it. him, you know. And so he had everybody in the house at one point. And he's like he like brought them all into the room, which was like you don't ever go in there unless you're like specifically invited. Like if like he'll he'll freak out if you're near any of his shit. Yeah. And uh, and and he had his it would it would happen like a I think it happened like four or five times the same thing where you just like bring us all in there and he start fucking like. I know what's going on, you know, like, I know that you guys are all, like, in cahoots against me, and, like, that shit's not gonna fly, and I want you guys to, like, cop to it right now, and we're all just, like, dude, you're tripping, like, hardcore, you know, like, like, but let's solve your problem, you know, like, whatever it is, like, let's, like, do, you know, what are you missing, how can we, like, get it back for you, you know, or, like, how can, like, he had us all on, on the loop, dude, and, and, uh, and and he but then he would like he'd get he would get he had a he had a couple handguns he had a big ass shotgun and there were several times where he would just like have the shotgun right there while he's while he's yelling at us and get all heated up and just like like and get up and like like not like like he's standing in front of us with the shotgun, but then he'd like push it like in our face. Push the barrel in your face. Yeah, like not quite touching, but like right there, like you're like literally staring down the barrel of the shotgun, and uh, and sad to say, dude, like it became like par for the course, so it stopped. So there it was, right? Shotgun, <laughs> shotgun in my face, and it was like he's like cycling between all of us, like you, you. You, you, and, 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 like, we're not gonna, like, you know, like, there's nothing to do but just tolerate it, because, like, it always would end, you know, and you'd just be like, like, alright, everybody get the fuck out, you know, and we'd all be kicked out for a while, and then it's, like, one by one, we'd come, like, crawling back, you know? Yeah. And, uh. And and then it would be all good for a while again, you know, but then he Well, you'd probably get so high that eventually just pass out. 
Yeah, and sleep for like fucking two days. Yeah, right? yeah, and and which sucked because like we're all we're all like kicking, and he's got the drugs, and he's like not gonna wake up. You know, <laughs> and we're like we're like we're like you know you go knock on it. Fuck no, I'm not gonna go knock on his door. You go do it. It's like which one of us is desperate enough to like <laughs> to go try, you know <laughs> to go to go try to wake up big sconce and and uh in in this would happen like over and over again and this guy was like it was always some other thing and you know what's funny is like half the time it's because this fucking druggy ass girlfriend would get so high that she's just like comatose and he'd be like who did this to her <laughs> she did you it know? to her yeah and uh and and you know like who gave like she and he would always be trying to like like you know forcing her to like kick she was on the hook too with this was guy. she on heroin and meth yeah, and and uh, and and she's she, he'd be like you're kicking, and then and then she would she would get high, you know, and and then he'd be like who gave her drugs, you know who gave her drugs? She's, she's a drug like, addict. She's gonna pass out on the floor and just like <laughs> she's gonna find the drugs. Yeah, you have them. Like, right, exactly, dude. It's like it's that's, but that kind of argument didn't make any sense to him. You know, like, cause he'll think of a way to like around that. You can't like talk reason with him at all. You're like, like that would be a good point. Like, bro, we don't have shit. You know, like I wouldn't give it to her if I had. I'd give it to myself. For, like eighty reasons. One, I need it. Two, I'm not about to try to make this situation we're in right now happen. You know, yeah. Like, I'm not I want <laughs> the drugs first of all. Second of all, I don't want to break the fucking I don't, bite the I hand don't, that feeds. I don't want the yeah. And, and third of all, I don't want the shotgun in my face. You know? <laughs> And like I'm not gonna do that, and 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 Lily's like fucking gonna gonna, you know, like she's 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 out there, and like he, it was just like, like I thought he was like joking one time, and I laughed, and like he freaked the fuck out, and and then like and then she was just like so he has us all in a circle yelling at us, but she's just on the floor in the middle, just like passed out, <laughs> and she's like she like she's like breathing and shit, but she like won't get up, she like won't won't like wake up. Yeah. And uh, and then and then Sconce had this like this smelling salt. And, oh, to and, make and her and wake I, up. I reminded her him of that. I was like, dude, get the smelling salt, you know, because he would just like he'd like kick her and be like, look. She's out, you know, like, she's, like, what the fuck, who did this? And I was like, who just did get, it? I was like, get the smelling salt. And they did it, and she just, like, she just, like, opens her eyes all wide and just, like, gets up and just does this, like, slow motion slap. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> slaps him? Yeah. And then, but then he didn't get mad, he's like, he's like, okay, she's all right. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, that was, that's just, like, one of the crazy-ass things that happened there. So. Was there ever a vent where... Like, where you're like, I'm not going to hang out with them anymore. Like what? No, because, like, I, I didn't have any other options, dude. I was willing to put myself through that just for the chance of getting the drugs. And I knew that other people would be there that had drugs, too. But he would, like, go outside. He would, like, think people were outside, and he'd go out and just, like, start firing off guns out there, like, at imaginary people. Holy fuck. Yeah, and, uh, and <clears throat> this, like, these people were coming over to, to like, that, that, he didn't know very well and he like tweaked out and and he's like he's like we're gonna hide all the weed underneath the house and like you might not want to be here because it might pop off you know i was like well i'm not going anywhere i have nothing to do yeah these guys were totally chill and they just went they just came to hang out you know and we all got super high yeah but he just like he just like had his guns and shit ready and he just thought he was like this this big gangster you know
So this like this, oh. kind of, this kind of stuff happened all the time, and we all got really used to it. And like, yeah, it, we learned really quick like not to argue with him. Like if he's gonna go on that trip, just let him trip, because that's there's no that's it'll end the quickest that way. <laughs> you know? so. Yeah, I think when I was on my end run, I was having to put up with that shit too, and hang out with people who are like in crazy psych like crazy psychosises. And just willing to do that because I knew I had to put up with that to get the drugs. Like, yep. I'd be driving around with people who'd be like, "Did you, did you have my, did you take my Gatorade? Pretty sure you took my Gatorade." <laughs> you're like, like dude, dude, I don't want to put my mouth on your dirty Gatorade where your mouth has been. Yeah, you're like, and I am about to go get a soda from my house. Like, I don't. And like, or, what do you what do you need for for you to stop bitching about this Gatorade? Do I need to buy you another Gatorade? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, or I gave this one dude a ride, and he was in the he was in the back seat with his girlfriend, and they were gross. They were older, and or actually, he was like a f- couple years older than me. He actually got kicked out of this program, and I saw him right before I came in. And I'm like, they're both in the back, and there's no one sitting shotgun, and I'm like driving Miss Daisy, and he's like, "Don't look at him! Don't look at him! Are you looking at my girl?" You try to fuck my girl, uh, and I'm like, yeah, dude, dude, she's gross. No, I'm trying <laughs> to like do. I'm trying to steal power tools with you to get the drugs so I can go hang out with this other girl, and you're jamming me up. So and you're like, and so then I had to like give him rides and go all over the town to get these drugs. And by the time that happened, the girl I was supposed to hang out with was like, "Fuck you, you faked out on me," and I was like, "God damn it, yeah. dude." Yeah, it was all bad. I the think the things we go through, man, just to just to keep up the. That's strength. what the end result was. Is like before I was like, yeah, like I can make my own money and hustle, and then by then I'm just like doing fucking crimes with people I don't want to hang out with and dealing with their psychosis and bullshit, and while trying to fight off my own psychosis. It's funny, and everyone just goes mad at each other. That's why I was just like, yeah, this is this is not going the way I want it to anymore, and uh, my parents are pissed at me and this and that and and then dude like i literally was with uh gare bear and i looked through my phone at like photos of me before i came in here and i looked fucking horrible dude there's just like there's one there's ones with me with scabs all over my face there's one with me and i'm like i got my hand like this and I'm like crying in front of the camera. Like, why would I take a selfie of me crying? <laughs> like, there's like snot coming down my nose, and they just look like miserable. Cry for help, dude. I was just like, yeah, I want to document this for when I fucking you know, someday get clean. You know what's funny is like, well, we'll we don't want to like handle any any like normal shit or like like life. But we're willing hard. to put up but with. But then, but then our attitude about like that kind of hustle and dealing with how stressful that is, like, okay, what needs to happen now? You yeah, know, like like I I don't have time to have feelings about this. Like let's get this done, you know? Like yeah. I will deal with whatever. Yeah, and it's and like, now it's like strength within itself. Isn't you know? it crazy how we're willing to go through all that to get our fix, but then we get clean and like normal life, like, oh I gotta go check my mail. God I gotta read damn it. I gotta read mail. That's and fucking bullshit. Yeah, what the mail fuck? comes in. <laughs> Why can't they send me an email? Even fucking reading check my, it through my phone. I don't even like reading email or mail. I'm like, just like, what the fuck? Like, so now I... Meanwhile, I, there's junkies out there, dude, like, fucking doing the most <laughs> to support their habit. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel for them. 
I do too. So anyone out there listening, if you're struggling, I feel for you. Yeah, we know where you're at. Man. And if you're in early recovery and dealing this, with this kind of shit, I feel for you. If you're fucking, I don't know, everyone out there, if you're even a normie trying to listen to this and just get a better understanding of how or why we're so fucked up, I feel for you too. If you feel that you, that, you know, reach out to Unk too because he loves the attention anyway. Oh, I love it. But, it's but the best kind of attention. I'm oh, sure yeah, he's, dude, he's, shameless plug. Can you guys please leave? If if you're listening to this and you're on, you have an iPhone, I, I need, please, iTunes reviews. Oh, that just makes my little charcoal blackened heart just fucking come to life and sprout <laughs> a little flower in the dead center of it. My broken soul, like, rebuilds if you do that. It rejoices in the sunlight. Or, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or if you send an email, or there's a Nod Squad, or a Nod Squad podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and there's a Brian Unk Albert, or a Unk Albert, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Nod Squad podcast at gmail.com, all that shit. Check out our Podbean, all that, you know, Oh, do that support support the show, but also if you're struggling, reach out. Oh yeah, and if especially if you're struggling, reach out cuz I've had a lot of people hit me up and I I love I'll talk to you on the phone even. Just hit me up and Yeah. Yeah, I don't I really give no fucks. I'll talk to anybody at this point. I'm just a needy fucking attention whore. We just know where you're at and and we we want to help and also we're happy to answer questions. That, that too. you might have if you are like a normal person or if you're new and you're struggling or any of that yeah. kind of shit. Like, oh, and if you have a cool story, yeah, come on the fucking podcast maybe, you know? Or, I mean, and you can send a voicemail if you want, but you could just come on the show and we'll shoot the shit. I, I mean, this is a really like punk rock DIY kind of podcast. I literally just... I don't we have don't, a, We don't have no bullet points. We don't have no script. No, none. None. I don't have a fucking editor. I don't have a fucking manager. I just do I just do this shit all myself. Somehow it, it comes up and people seem to like it. So anyway, we love you. We gotta go. We just got the fucking countdown. We're getting kicked out of this room it's right the now. Final countdown. Do, do, do. Do. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is that rush? No, that's uh Foreigner? Oh dude, no. Journey? No. No. Wow, that's Oh man. Uh that's I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing who that is that's right now. It's 70s prog rock, dude. Oh god. No, we're not looking up on the phone. You guys fucking google it too and tell us who did final countdown. Anyway, I love you guys. I got to go. I'm getting kicked out of rehab. Not rehab <laughs> itself. I'm getting kicked out of this room and getting kicked out of recording in this rehab. But until next time, would you like to say goodbye, Slender? Goodbye, everybody. It's a pleasure to sit here and talk about a bunch of random shit with, with Unk. And I hope you guys enjoy Oh, yeah. It. Thanks for coming on, uh, my good friend. You're a gentleman and a scholar from your asshole to your collar. <laughs> you know? And well said. I mean, you're part of the crew. You're always welcome back anytime. I love how you... We we have we have respectful debates now. Back in the day, we used to just get so mad at each other. Uh-huh. I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah, we had we had angry debates, and now we have like civilized debates. It's, mm-hmm. ugh. Mutual, oh, we're mutual growing. Respect. We're just yeah. growing. Uh huh. Oh.
And you give good yeah, back you... massages, too. <laughs> can't give that up. I'll start charging you. No! <laughs> I will pander to your fucking... You can, pay me, you can pay me in nitro coffee. Okay, deal. Yeah. Deal. All right, you guys, I gotta go. And, uh, yeah, with that, peace, love, and all the above. Peace out. Smoking criminal off the streets. <laughs>